What's up, gifted family? Welcome to another episode of the show that is the GP YouTube. Just a reminder that if you support what we do here, make sure to go over to giftedperformance.com and sign up for our automated coaching service. For only a dollar a day, you'll get access to 15 highly customized training programs, a macronutrient calculator, our meal planning feature that lets you build and save meals based on your macros, as well as access to our private Facebook group. All subscriptions help us in continuing to put out great content to get you to your fitness goals. Thanks for stopping by, and without any further delay, let's get into today's video. Enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of the Gifted Performance Podcast. I am your host, as always, Ryan Zeisloft. I've got my two beautiful co-hosts, Paul and Cam. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Great. Doing well. And your last name for the first time. Yeah, right? Didn't even know what it was. And a first timer on the podcast. If you are watching on YouTube and you don't know who this is, you need to check yourself because this is an infamous face right here. But for the people who may be listening on Spotify, they don't have the the video in front of them. We've got Kenny Wallach on the podcast. Kenny, how are you today? Hi, everybody. Good, Thanks I'm for coming right. on. We are we are uh, very very excited to have you on here um, as someone who is, is is such an expert, such a master of their craft. But for people who, like I said, uh, maybe live under a rock or maybe they're outside of the bodybuilding world, um, give us an intro of of who you are. Who is Kenny? Um, where did you start in bodybuilding? How did you get interested in posing? The whole spiel. Okay. Um. Well, basically, uh, I started actually competing in 1982 uh my senior year in high school and uh well it was the fall of 82 i graduated in 83 and i started competing uh at 17 years old and uh i started when i started doing this it was introduced to me uh a few of my friends were working out and i was a tiny little kid uh 100 pounds soaking wet and so I started working out, and then I came across this bodybuilding magazine that somebody had ga- had given to me, and uh, it was game over from that point on at 14 years old, you know? Um, so, you know, I was, as a child, my grandfather always kind of like, you know, made me feel his muscle, and we always watched Popeye, and, and that was as a child, you know? So it kind of like, you know, started back then, and... And then to make a long story short, uh, I studied and studied and studied bodybuilding magazines and studied the way they posed and all the guys from like the early 80s, from the 80, 81 Olympia, you know, then. And I was just studying. So what happened was it kind of became, I think, because that's always I always knew I was going to be a bodybuilder. So once I stepped on stage and I was able to hit poses decently and back then the routine, so I always knew about routines because I saw it on TV once. The people from the local gyms kind of saw me do my thing and asked, you know, the grown-ups actually saw me. And they asked me if I could uh, help them out with a couple of stuff with their routine. So at 18 years old, I was helping the grown-ups at the gym and it just kind of s- snowballed from there. And that's that. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
so that was the beginning. Can you guys see me all right? Yeah, I yeah, think we can see yeah. it. I think okay. we just gotta angle it up a little bit, right? Angle it up. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Like there it is. So, so you um, you started at eighteen. I don't want to. I don't want to date you here. So you can you can feel free to cut me off here. But how many years in the game does that give you? Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven years in the game. Yeah, Paul, I'll be fifty-five. You this weren't summer. even a. Oh almost, man, a, a golden years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so outside of kind of, so got into bodybuilding, really mastered posing that became your niche. Did, did you have any other career path other that you were thinking about? Did you want to be like an engineer or, you know, a, a dentist or something else? Well, I had gone to, I had gone to school to be an elementary school teacher. Okay. And, but the problem was, is I was a competitive bodybuilder who my whole existence was bodybuilding. Yeah. So needless to say, you know, I didn't go, I spent two years in school and that was that. And, yeah. you know, I was personal training at the time, you know, before personal, there was even the term personal trainer. I was an instructor back then in the early eighties, you know, and, um, and it just took over. And then I just, you know, was doing my instruction and, you know, I would he have odd jobs on the side here and there, like painting and stuff like that, because it wasn't a big market for what I was doing, blah, blah, blah. And uh, the more and more I was competing, the more I was kind of showcasing my stuff for no other reason. I just wanted to be a good bodybuilder and perform correctly, not for any other reason, because, you know, once people started getting together and asking me to help them, I was helping them for free with no intention of one dime or anything, you know, cause it was something that I loved and I'm a people person. I mean, I'm a helper, you know what I mean? By nature. So I just love helping and helping. I actually didn't start this as a business till about maybe five or six years ago. Yeah. That's it. So all those years, like the 32 or some odd years, it had been all for just helping people because I wanted to help. You know, not realizing that it was kind of honing my skills oh, yeah. for something down the line, you know. And the only reason why I even actually opened a business because somebody said, Ken, you're doing so much of this, you ever considered making it a business? <laughs> you know, and at first I was feeling guilty about when I did, I was like feeling guilty about accepting money. But then I kind of looked at it as, well, people pay for golf lessons, people pay for piano lessons. So it's kind of the same thing. That's how I had to kind of like justify it. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's super neat is that you, uh, you know, before you got into everything, you're wanting to be a school teacher and you're still teaching people just not history or math and the same stuff. So you're Actually, still following. Yeah. Very important. When kindergarten cop came out, did you regret that decision to not become a teacher? Um, in, well, no, because, well, here's the thing. I was loving the personal training thing and all that other stuff, but there were times where I wish that, you know, I was just curious, but you know, with hindsight being 2020, I'm so glad I went this direction. You know what I mean? Yeah, Cause I mean, Arnold was a cop, a teacher and a bodybuilder. <laughs> well, yeah, right. Triple threat. So <laughs> you, you got the education in teaching little kids you were on schedule or on track to teach little kids and now you work with bodybuilders who are basically grown up little kids <laughs> right <laughs> so perfect i'm on the same page with those guys too yeah exactly awesome. exactly you probably talk to them the same <laughs> <laughs> That's right. yeah so i did, so I did want to 
Go, Go ahead. ahead. Go ahead, brother. I did want to ask you, um, because you've kind of carved out such a good little chunk of the bodybuilding, like posing is is Kenny. What do you attribute that success to? Was it all the practice? Was it maybe networking, customer service? What do you think are kind of your key specialties that drive people to you? Well, I you know it's I think it's my passion. Uh, from day one, you know, it's, it's just my blood, you know, it's my blood, it's my air, it's my food. Um, and, you know, I don't want to say, you know, that, I don't know. I think it's just been that I love working with people and helping them achieve their goals. You know what I mean? Uh, that's first and foremost. And then, you know, after that, it's, you know, treating the people, you know, with, just like a human beings, they're human beings and they have feelings and they have desires and, you know, you want to enhance that for them. You know what I mean? And, you know, I get a lot of times people ask me, you know, the differences between working with my Olympia competitors versus my first timers. And to me, I think the thing that I take the most pride in is the fact that I treat everybody equally. You know what I mean? Um, because everybody starts out at somewhere, just like the Olympians started out with somewhere, and they had somebody who cared for them to, you know, bring them along. So other everybody deserves that, and I want to be that for them, you know? Because, look, I've been on stage, too, as a child without any help. I had my magazines teach me, you know what I mean? And so... You know, I learned and I learned and, you know, I just cherished my magazines because they were teaching me so much, you know. Yeah. Even if I didn't read it, I saw the pictures, you know, Muhammad Macri, Tom Platts, you know, all my heroes that, you know, it was teaching me. So, yeah, so that's I'm just like a live version of that magazine that was to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's super apparent too, especially, you know, with. Julie, my girlfriend, watching that whole thing with her being her first time, and then just any other athletes I've talked to, seeing you at shows, you know, we care a lot about our athletes and each person, treating everybody equal, and seeing you, you just can't fake it. Like, you you can see it right in you that you care. Like, someone can't fake caring like that, and that's one thing that, you know, I think it just take passion just takes it so much further than you know money or some quick little interest that's going on and i think it, it goes far yeah thank you yeah that thank you so much man yeah and that's the thing you know and you know again you know it's something that i've been doing all my life you know it really is and so when you and that to somebody and know when you and give them that support there's nothing better than when you have somebody behind you. So if you have your coaches, you know, your prep coaches, your posing coaches, you know, that support you. And it's like such a relief because don't forget now, back in the day, in my day, we didn't have that. Everything was very, very isolated because there was not a lot of camaraderie. There was no social media. Everybody was practically a stranger to each other when you show up to a show because there was no other radio contact unless you became friends and you exchange numbers and you talk on the phone, you know? So, you know, that's why I really, really, you know, uh, because I appreciate camaraderie and the, that, the, this and the, that's, 
and be able to kind of extend that myself, it makes it that much more special for me. I think that you're someone who has a like just a wealth of insight here because you've been around for decades. In in your opinion, how has posing as an art, as a part of the bodybuilding experience, how has that evolved over the decades? Is it something that people are taking more serious and taking to a new level now? Or is it something that more often gets overlooked? Well, I think what happened was for a, a small period of time, it was kind of overlooked because back in the 80s, okay, in the 80s, early 90s, posing was like everything. You know, th- you know, they got into the routines and, you know, they practiced, you know, it was really, and then it just took a little bit of a, I don't know, I don't, like you said, a kind of a little hiatus. And I think with the social media and the exposure and, you know, I would like to think I contributed a little bit to the, you know, to it because I, I kind of, you know, by bringing it out or what have you, I don't want to really go over my borders here, but I think I'd like to think that I kind of enhanced the importance again by bringing that, you know what I mean? I don't want to like toot my own horn to say that I, I, you know, but I think I might've helped a little bit with that Um, because now you see posing coaches, everybody's a posing coach now, you know what I mean? So like, you know, uh, it's like everybody and their brother say it's it's crazy, you know, how many people you see are trying to put like prep coaches, you know what I mean? Uh, like there are people that'll do a show, take information that their prep coach gave, and then all of a sudden they're prepping other people, you know, and unfortunately hurting some people once in a while, you know, you always hear a story, but so it's been like that. So I I think I'm you know, like I said, I think uh, it's back up to the forefront, the importance of the posing. Um, especially with the mandatories. And that's kind of where I really, really, you know, express the importance of, you know. I like the routines too, but you win or lose it based on your mandatories, bottom line. Absolutely. I wonder if, uh, you know, when you said posing kind of seemed like the priority of it took a dip, if it might have happened around the time that, you know, it transitioned from that 80s to more that mass monster kind of stuff and people were more so prioritizing how big can i get you know not necessarily focusing on the the posing at the same time um well yeah i mean i could i i could see that um you know as being a possibility for that i don't really you know i never really thought about it much Mm -hmm. you know what i mean um but that could definitely be one of the one of the uh, possibilities, you know. Can we get the camera angled up just a little bit? On me? Am I falling? <laughs> no, 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 no. I think it was just low, so we had like this off. I have to step back, I think. Perfect. That's good. Okay. Yeah, we can hear you. Perfect. So right. K- Kenny doesn't want to toot his own horn, but I'm going to I'm going to toot it on his behalf. I think I think that what you're saying here is that and you can agree with me or disagree with me is that, Kenny, you made posing coaching cool. Like it was it was a cool thing to be a posing coach and it was a cool thing to be good at posing. And then it kind of took off or kind of hockey sticked from there. Like you said, everyone's a posing coach. Now everyone cares about posing now. So that's I mean, that's that's my opinion of it. Maybe you agree. Maybe you disagree. Well, I thank I thank you. bro. I really appreciate that. So um I'm just, you know, I mean, I'm just glad that I started when I did. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. 
you know what I mean? And, um, you know, so yeah, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> and, and Paul, I think that you had a little question about like classic physique and specific to kind of the classic physique division and the importance of posing within that division, right? Well, yeah, I, I've more so wondered, um, you know, when we talk about how some people maybe uh, underappreciate it. Let's see, which question was that? Oh, yeah. Like, do you feel like posing maybe in some classes holds maybe a, a little more importance over others? You know, and just from my perspective, for an example, I know if I see like a classic guy and their posing is really bad, that often will... Um, just change my opinion of of the athlete, I think, a little more than, say, maybe not to put – and I'm not putting any class down, but maybe like a figure class or something like that. Yeah. Well, or um, men's physique. Yeah, here's my thing, man. Um, I think you need to be perfect in everyone. You know what I mean? Um, and that's really it. I mean, I don't really think of anything else but being perfect on stage. So, you know, there's there's no room less than being perfect. So if people are messing up a little bit and my people are not messing up a little bit, you know, that's going to be the diff that could be the difference if you have two, you know, pretty much even physiques. I don't think about anything about being off a little bit. If you if you're not good, if you're off, you're not good. My my, you know, that's how I feel. I'd agree with that. You know, and I feel that here's the here's the biggest thing that I'm that I feel. Mostly everybody, okay, on all levels, bring about eighty-five percent of their of their potential on stage. Okay, that's my thing. And it drives me crazy to see it, to be honest with you. You know. But you know, and you always see people shortchanging themselves in, in any category. So that's what I feel that you are describing is somebody posing to what they feel is their best. But it's only to me, 85 percent. Yeah. You see. And it's a shame, too, because, you know, everybody follows everything. Let's just assume everybody follows what they're supposed to do 100 percent, but they're presenting it at 85 percent. You know, what a waste, what a waste. So what I kind of pride myself is that I bring people to that 100%. I'll be that last 10 to 15% to bring onto that stage, you know, because, you know, a little tweak here and a little bit tweak there can add another five to 10 pounds to somebody's physique and bring them to their full potential. This is true. Or knock off a couple weeks if they're not flexing something like their hamstrings. Like you just busted ass to get your hamstrings. Oh, man. Right. And, I, and, I, and, I, right. And if you're not angling it properly, because it's all about angles and illusion. Mm hmm. You know? So when you ask me about like a class Z5 being a little off, nobody should be off. And that's all I have to say about that, really. No, that's a good perspective. I, I really like that. Now you're getting me all fired up, man. <laughs> right? <You're, laughs> the controversial questions. <laughs> all right, ready? Let, let, me, let me stoke the fire a bit more. So you're someone who's probably worked with hundreds, probably thousands of individuals at this point. Yeah. Is there any credence to the fact that some people are just bad posers? No. I mean, there, I think a lot of people are bad posers because they're not being taught correctly. 
you know? I mean, I've, I've had, you know, it's funny. If I just posted something this past weekend called Back Latter-day Saturday. Okay? I love it. I love it. And what I did was I took hit before shots of my people, uh, the people I worked with, and then five minutes later, their their back shot, their back lat spreads or whatever. So, and you'll see like really, really bad, bad, you know, I don't want to say, but uh, significantly off, we'll call it. Nothing is bad, it's just off. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, but that's the thing. It's a matter of how you're being taught. How... You know, if you can't teach somebody in one direction, well, then you better have two or three other directions that you can go down. So it's understood by that person and grasped. So not everybody gets the, the first dire- you know, direction. Not everybody gets the second direction. But if there's a third that might click in their brain, okay, then voila, we got a great back shuttle. We got a great blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, so I don't believe that there's a credence of, uh, you know, people ending off just not being able to do it, period. Okay? It's, it's instruction and it's uh, consistency in your practice. You know what I mean? So, yeah, so did that answer your question? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and people don't realize, too, how hard it is, especially for someone that, you know, they're not picking it up just that first command, but trying to explain what you're thinking in your head for them to understand and move their body that way. Well, like, interpreting is just, it, it's insane how hard it can be, and you would have no idea. Well, one, one, of, one of the things that, I, that I'm completely, that I believe in wholeheartedly, is posing is mechanical. Mm-hmm. When you teach the mechanics properly then people can grasp it and you know and meant you know and describe it in a certain way but this whole thing where you know you hear a lot of people say you know you got to do uh you know connect with this or mind muscle connection this and that you know if you can't connect with it with your mind that's okay a lot of people figure because they can't connect it with their mind that they're screwed Okay, so, you know, it's, you have to have a different direction. I I dress things mechanically. I really won't say what I do or how I do it, but I will say that it's a mechanical issue more than anything else. If you have a hard time connecting with your quads and you can't separate them just by kind of like, you know, tensing them in a certain way or whatever, then I'll come up with a mechanical way to make that happen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then that and that's what happens. And that's why, you know, with that approach, you know, fortunately, knock on wood, my people do so well because of that. You know what I mean? I think that brings up a really interesting point and almost, uh, you know, one, having multiple tools. But do you feel like there are any maybe specific skill sets that a lot of posing coaches might overlook that might improve? Like, do you think maybe uh, stuff like muscular anatomy or basic like muscle action, biomechanics, stuff like that? Um, is- well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, everything, you know, genetically speaking, you got to work with the shape of the person, you know, uh, mechanically speaking, you have to deal with the limitations that somebody may have because of some type of shoulder injury or what have you, you know, uh, genetically speaking, who looks best on what side, you know, I mean, I have a ton of people, well, a lot of people who traditionally posed the one side because it felt more comfortable, not realizing that the other side, if you give it a shot, could look better and voila, before you know it, you know, okay, we're changing sides and messing people's heads up because they've been doing something the same for the year, same all these years, you know, but doesn't matter how comfortable you are. I don't care as long as it looks better, you know? <laughs> So I don't, you know, as far as other coaches, I don't, you know, to be honest, I don't really even care what their approach is or what they think. I don't really care about what I think. <laughs> I love it. I love Very it. True. That's a good way to go about it. Don't get wrapped up in all the BS. Um, so I actually did have one other question, and it might require some speculation on your end, just some throwing out some random numbers. What percentage of individuals kind of at like the local or maybe the national NPC level are are placing below where they should because they didn't reach out to someone like you or another qualified posing coach to kind of nail this stuff down? Well, I think, you know, I mean, it. I, it's hard to put a percentage on it, um, but I will say this. I will say this. There are a lot of people that um, don't place as high because of the way they're presenting themselves on stage as far as bringing out their strengths. A lot of people really suck at bringing out their strengths, to be honest with you. And, you know, when I'm sitting in the audience and I'm seeing that and I see somebody, you know, who potentially should win the class and not showing their strengths and end up third or fourth, you know, I don't, it, it drives me crazy. I don't really, and it's funny too, because I just sit there. I don't, I'm not one of those guys that Harry carry a stack of cards with me in my pocket and run over to them after the show and say, yeah. hey, blah, blah, blah. you know, that's not my style. So I have to internalize everything. You know what I mean? And think about it on my way home. But, um, <laughs> even though I don't even know who the person is. But, um, yeah, so there's a lot of that. And I will say this, too. I mean, uh, I've also had a lot of my people who were slightly not as good as the winner who actually won because, the, the I mean, the, the, the guy who should have won, I mean, uh, physically. But the guy who should have won was imposing correctly. And my guy who was a little behind posed correctly and took the class or took the overall or what have you. Um, so, and, and I will say this too, where I've seen a lot of shows, both professionally, nationally, where you have the winner and he's the obvious winner and that person made what should be a slam dunk into like a half court shot because the posing wasn't where it should have been. So we made the show a lot closer. I see it all the time, you know? Like, you know, you got these guys that are so, so good, but they're, they're just not giving their full potential and their full, like, strength. And all of a sudden, it's a close show. And I'm like, oh my God, this is too close to me. You know, this shouldn't be happening. It should be now, you know? But whatever, you know? I have kind of a fun question, if you don't mind. Did you have another one lined up, Ryan? No, go for it. Um, 
and this is going to sound really silly on the surface, and, and I'm only asking because it sounds like you've just been around so long and you've probably seen it all. Um, you know, like looking back to, you know, Pumping Iron, and you have, uh, I believe in that, you had Arnold and them doing uh, ballerina classes uh, or dancing classes. And then uh, not that long ago, I saw an Instagram post where uh, they were actually doing sword things, you know, they're like holding swords and doing traditional kind of martial arts and incorporating yeah. incorporating that into their posing um coming up at all did, did you see a lot of that or ever get any inspiration from something unconventional like that that most people probably wouldn't assume would go into posing well you know look back then i mean i there was i saw quite a few now don't forget now back in 82 you know when conan the barbarian came out you know, I almost went to go see that movie on a weekly basis. <laughs> and, you know, and that was, uh, you know, a lot of people were mimicking those type of movements. But, you know, look, if it looks good, it looks good and use it. You know, there are a lot of going to, they're going to be, you know, some kind of like obscure type of poses. But to me, if it looks good and it really, uh, you know, makes your body look good or whatever, I forgot the word, but, you know, um, if, if it enhances your physique or whatever the word is, use it, use it. You know, it's, it's where people do stuff that really hurts their physique, you know, where their legs will be way, way apart or their arms are going to be so high or whatever that it makes their arms look skinny or takes away. So, you know, I don't, I like stuff like that. I really enjoy it, but it has to look good. You know what I mean? It just has to look good. And, um, that's really it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Cool, cool. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to see that though. And occasionally, I'll throw in a couple of stuff too. You know, because you know, my mind is always thinking about stuff, no matter what I'm doing or where I'm, unless I'm doing a session or whatever. But when I'm doing a session, my creativity comes out. You know what I mean? And I say, whoa, that would kind of look good. You know, blah blah blah. So yeah, so I don't mind that stuff as long as you just make it look, you know. Uh, complimentary to your physique. That's the word I was looking for. Now, yeah. I, I have a, uh, a couple questions just for athletes out there listening. In terms of uh, preparing for a show, whether it be 10 weeks ahead, a year ahead, uh, I guess starting in an off-season or improvement season, how often and frequent um, do you feel that posing maybe sessions with you or opposing coach and really prioritizing that that far out um, should play a factor. Nah, it shouldn't play a factor at all. You know, the thing what you want to do is you want to keep things. If you're that far out where you're out or, you know, six, eight months out, what you want to do is you want to really cater to the outline of the pose. You know what I mean? How am I going to make my body's outline look the way it's supposed to look uh, toward my individual genetics, okay? Because obviously there's nothing going on in the middle of the pose. So you want to structure your pose accordingly uh, based on, the, so, like I said, the outline, the silhouette, yeah, whatever. And then you can get a good idea of where you're going to bring it as you get closer to the show, okay? And... Structurally speaking is what you need to really focus on, the structure of the pose. What's going to look, you know, uh, 
aesthetically pleasing as well. You see what I'm saying? And then after you get close, you can decide to prep for a show. You'll have the basics of already set in stone. I could imagine, you know, um, starting a bit too early. Like you may think maybe a variation like this, this ab and thigh, we, we're, we're going to go with this. But then they get leaner and you're like, oh, that's not a good ab and thigh variation for you. We should probably do something more like this. Well, you know, something like the ab and thigh, it really depends on what you look like. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, that would be something that, you know, you could play with. You see where, how round your legs look in a certain shot. You know, you see how much lat you can get at a certain, at a given angle. Okay. Again, face focusing on the outline of the pose. So if you think your legs look better about maybe six inches apart on a bent knee and it looks round on the inside and round on the inside, then you can keep playing with that. And then work it from there but as long as you have the basics of the roundness of your physique and the taper of your physique then it's just a matter of a tweak here and there that could that you change up with but at least having that foundation of roundness and taper you know you've got about 80 percent of the pose there yeah you know what i mean so you know i think that's the that's the thing um is the bottom line is, is that people work very, very hard and, you know, to get ready for a show, um, you better damn well make sure that you're bringing 100% of your full potential on that stage. Yeah, that's my- you know, because if you, if you go on stage and you really short change yourself and unfortunately people think that they are bringing hundred percent of their genetic of their potential on there. But, you know, so that's another thing. But anyway, beside that, you got. You want to leave that venue, very with your head up, held high, knowing that you presented yourself the way your physique t- deserved to be presented. There's nothing worse than you know leaving nothing on the table when you're prepping for a show, presenting it not at its best, and then you walk out of there saying, you know, defeated. You know, it's one thing. It's one thing to walk out of there. You know. Um, knowing that you gave it all and you gave 100%, you presented 100%, you walk out of there proud with no regrets. But it's a whole different story when you don't. You know, I've been there as a coach where the show day comes and a lot of little things went wrong and it really hurts just to sit there and see like, oh, wow, if they would have just posed better, they probably would have killed it. Or even stuff like, man, you can tell under those lights they forgot like a coat of tan and it's like little things that add up and it, it just really hurts you you know yeah sure it does, you know <laughs> like emotional well, you know, and and you know for me and, and i will say this too you know i love winning okay to me i love winning there's you know just it's i've been an athlete all my life as well so when i just love the concept of winning but the thing is, is that not everybody can win. So for me, okay, I have two wins, okay? For me, the most important part for me is when my people pose to their at their best, the way they sh- were taught, and they execute it on stage, for me, that's the win, okay? That's my win. Because, again, if you have somebody who's a little bit better or whatever, it's out of your hands. It's out of your hands about... You know, the judging is out of your hands who shows up, out of your hands about whatever. 
but if somebody poses the way I taught them, they, they nail it, win. Then the actual win is icing on the cake for me. You know what I mean? But to have my person get off the stage, and if they didn't win, they're knowing that they posed at their best, you know, and I let them know that that's, that's our win too. You know what I'm saying? So, but don't get me wrong. I love my numbers, man. <laughs> I love I love my winning numbers, man. You know? That I too. That I, as you can see on my post, you know what I mean? But, oh. um, I only kept, really kept track of all my wins just about four seasons ago when I started my Winter Wednesday. Oh, so this is only four seasons worth. <laughs> <laughs> my, my 1,281 class wins, is that what you're talking about? <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's all just four seasons, bro. Oh, man. That's crazy. My 301 pro cards were five. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> you ever, you ever have somebody step on under you and maybe they just uh i don't know you could tell they didn't practice or something and you're just like or that no, something I won't let that happen. like dude that's that is unforgivable i can't even talk to you right now no Not i will never be like that to anybody you know what i mean <laughs> and here's why because when i work with somebody i see them before the shows to make sure they're still on mm. i don't let anything get by me you know because you got to understand too i have a reputation as well you know what i mean and if I let somebody get on stage and posing not the way they deserve, that's a reflection on me, not them. Yeah. You know, you like like the old adage, you can never have a bad student, just a bad teacher. I got that from Karate Kid. You got to be on top of these people or ev everybody if you want them to succeed. You know, sometimes it's going to be a little tough. Sometimes there are people that will admit they don't practice. But if that's the case then I make sure that, A, they know it, okay? I'm not going to take the blame for that, okay? And then I try to help them out from that point on. See what I'm saying? Yeah. But, so I don't I don't go there. I, I make sure my people are all there, and I check up on them the day before the show. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've heard the rumors. I've, I've heard the, uh, the stories of you staying up ungodly hours, checking on athletes uh, at national shows. Last, last year uh, at Universe, before we had even met, we had a session was with one of my athletes like 30 minutes before or after this all happened. But it was like 10 p.m. and we hadn't even met yet. And you were on the elevator and I was like, yo. That's Kenny. Like, you're about to see him soon. And you said to Angela, you were like, how many more we got tonight? She was like, I think we got, like, 12. And you were doing, like, 10, 15-minute quick sessions. I'm like, wait, that's, that's like, 10 to 12, 15-minute sessions? It's 10 p.m.? Like, yeah. man. Well, that, and that's the thing. I do whatever it takes, man. Whatever it takes, you know? Because, again, I want my people to do perfectly. I want them to, you know, their pro cards are at stake here. Exactly. You know what I mean? And, you know, you're talking about fulfilling people's dreams here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's more than just going on stage. You're talking about people who dream, dreamt of this moment and getting their pro card. And I'm going to make sure that no matter what, on my end, I'm going to give it all my to make it happen, help them make it happen. I almost just cried <laughs> right here on camera. <laughs>
That's beautiful. That That is some top-notch quality control right there. And I think that you made a really good point, and that's exactly how you protect your reputation. If someone isn't standing up to that, if isn't holding up your standard, you're going to hold them accountable, and you're going to let them know, like, listen, this doesn't represent who I am as a coach. And at the end of the day, that's that's probably why your, your reputation precedes you as someone who is – are you a bit of a perfectionist? Would you consider yourself a perfectionist? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I think I think the best in the industry would also describe themselves as perfectionists. But we do want to be respectful of your time. We are coming up on our hour point here. Kenny, let the people know that are watching this where they can find you, social media, email, et cetera. If they want to reach out for posing, where can they find oh, you? Cool. Thank you. That's very nice of you. Um, Absolutely. Um, you could contact me uh, at, um, well, my Instagram is Kenny Wallach. My Facebook is uh, Kenny Wallach as well. And then um, if you want to get a hold of us for posing, uh, you can contact my assistant, Angela, posingbykenny at gmail.com. And then I have a website. It's posingbykenny.com. Posingbykenny.com. Yeah, I'm not good with this stuff. Okay. Yeah, that's why you got the assistant, right? Yeah, exactly. We probably just. But thank you, thank you for that. Yeah. So what what we'll do is we'll just put all of your links down low in the description below, and we'll have your Instagram tag underneath your your picture there, so the so that people can find you. Paul, Cam, got anything to leave the people with? Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, every uh, you guys, and uh, it was an absolute pleasure. I really enjoyed spending time with you, and uh, yeah, just uh, keep your eyes in a prize and do what it takes to make it happen. Hell yeah, you heard it here first. Thanks for watching. As always, like, comment, subscribe so that we can, you know, appease the YouTube overlords and their algorithm. Um, go ahead and visit giftedperformance.com. Kenny will be seeing a lot of our clients in the future. And as always, guys, stay gifted, and we'll see you on the next one. See ya. Bye, guys.